With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Footballers. This is Season 3, Episode 12. And this week, the usual crew is back at it. Paul, right foot, Matt, how are you this week, bud? I'm doing okay. Thank you very much for asking. I hope you're doing well too and all our listeners out there. Um, usual weekend update, there's not much to tell you. Uh, this is the first weekend of the season. I've not played weekend league with everything going on World Cup-wise and some shitty informs. It just didn't seem worth the bother this week. So it was an opportunity to sort of dip out, uh, have some chill time, spend time with the fam, that kind of thing. So uh, gameplay has been a little bit light this week, but there's still plenty to talk about. So all good. Yeah, plenty to talk about you ain't wrong paul staying busy i know you're you're probably still trading over there making coin hand over fist i've not done loads this week and i made a few coins today because i bought some fodder um and didn't sell yesterday when the stuff went up for the keen spc but i've sold some of it today and i'm lazy listing the rest of it because we've got that base icon spc so we'll we'll see how that goes but i've just been chilling this weekend played a little bit of weekend league really fun actually enjoyed this weekend yeah weekend league is going to be different going forward i think into the world cup because i think we're going to have promo cards and packs or in picks right that's right that's right it's about time it's only about fucking three years too late yeah and i wonder if they're doing this as a as an opportunity to kind of give it a, a dry run and see how the community takes it and also you can kind of get a a feel for how it's going to impact the market as a whole, which, you know, it's going to be interesting, which I think it's a long time coming. It needs to happen. Matt, do you think this is a, a good thing? Yeah. On, on the whole, when you weigh up the sort of pros and cons of it, I think it's, it's mostly on the whole. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just not as, as opinionated about it as some people. So I don't mean to sound like a, I'm clapping out there with that answer, but yeah, I would say on the whole, it's, it's doing the right thing. We're going in the right direction. Sorry, I was fucking around with these new buttons. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about these promos, I guess, generally. We're going to do a quick season one recap. And we're going to talk about basically the best SBCs, best promos, good things, bad things. Uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Best SBC that we got during season one. Go. Uh, we were talking about this just before we started. And I did... <laughs> allude to the fact that coming up for an answer for this hasn't been terribly easy because we just haven't had that many really good ones so i have a couple that are purely based off my tastes in terms of the way i like to squad build and they're not exactly premium in terms of the answer i'm about to give but the one i've had the most joy out of was the dynamic duo for the austrian pairing of posh center back and marco Anatovic, both from bologna both austrian They've been in my first team since that's come out. The mainstays of my team. And I think we're just getting to that point now where they're probably going to have to be switched out. I expect with the amount of content we're getting over World Cup that they're not going to be terribly viable going forward. But they've both played like 150 plus games for me in that time, served me very well. 
The other one, which again, purely self-serving in terms of this answer, was the SBC. I think it was an SBC, or it might have been an objective. I'm going to say SBC just in case. Is uh, Gozens, the road to the knockout card, which wasn't super impressive when it first dropped, but once it got an upgrade, that's become a first-choice left-back for me now. It's a card I really like. Nice, weighty, solid mostly defensive fullback, if I'm honest, even though he does have a lot of good attacking qualities. His sort of size and speed lends himself more to being a, a purely defensive fullback rather than a rampaging, marauding Kyle Walker or Teo Hernandez type attacking fullback. But that's what I needed him for. So he's, he's serving me very nicely in that respect. So those two, for me, have been personally very good in a period of time where I don't think I've had too many SBC players that I've actually wanted to do at this point. Yeah, yeah. Gozens was actually an objective. You, you were right there. Um, but he's a very good card and he's versatile because you can also use him as a left mid. And I'm seeing a lot more three back formations. I'm seeing a lot more three five two. I'm seeing a lot more uh, three. What is it? Three one four two. Whatever it is. The um, three back is getting very popular, especially with lengthy center backs being able to basically run down. Almost everybody apart from like uh, Mbappe or, or a lengthy Haaland with a hunter on him. But I think it's going to be interesting going forward. But Paul, what is your best SBC of season one? I think for me, the one that I did was once to watch Sterling. Um, and he's already got an upgrade for the wins to watch. And he's just been really good and solid. He wasn't ridiculously expensive. Um, and he's got a chance to get further upgrades as well. So I just think it was good value. But the best SBC we've had, I think, was Alaba's um, I wish I'd rule breaker. And, you know, it was expensive for the time of the game that it came out, but I just think it was really good value. You know, you, I think yeah. it was like two, I think it was like 300k maybe, but you've got a centre-back that you can still use now. You'll probably still be able to use him until team of the year, even longer if you must. But whenever I come up against that card, it's just a nightmare. It really is an issue. Um, so, yeah, I think those two are the ones that... that Not necessarily I wish I did um, with Alaba, but definitely if you're running, we're running a La Liga team... Um, he, he were your man. Yeah, I agree with the uh, the Sterling sentiment because not just as a Chelsea fan, but I mean, he was a sure thing and he wasn't very expensive when they put that SBC out. You knew he was going to get upgrades. You knew he's going to get play in time, both for Chelsea and England. So I think that was a slam dunk SBC. And if you didn't do it, you should have done it. That's all I can say. Um, but player SBCs, like we've touched on it more than once this year, They've been lackluster until now. You know, now we have that Robbie Keane SPC, which has really started to move the market combined with the uh, base icon SPC that we got today. I had loaded up, I mean, I don't know how many 88s on the fodder list at really good prices, historical prices. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to make money tomorrow. We didn't really get any content. They kind of just stayed stagnant. Next day, stayed stagnant, wasn't making very many coins. And as soon as Keen came out, they flew. And they're continue to fly and go up with this 
Icon SPC. I had 88 cards listed when I took a nap this morning after work. When I woke up, I had zero left. It was ridiculous how quick they went up and how quick they sold. Just goes to show you that before you go to bed, put a little cushion on those prices, bring them up a little bit, and you can always sell them later. Don't sell yourself short. I did that, and it kind of burned me a little bit on potential gains. What do you recommend people do in situations like that, Paul? Do you ever feel like you you are too invested? Because I felt like I kind of was. When it comes to fodder, if you've bought cheap, um, I'm not that bothered. Like I've got fodder that's selling on my transfer list now that I bought for two weeks. That I bought two weeks ago. Um, it got lower over this weekend, so I bought some more, and then it started to rise. I just think. <sighs> You've got to be patient with it, I think. And, you know, you can be too patient. And there's been times where fodder's gone up a little bit and you can, I could have taken profit uh, and got back in and I've not done. Um, but I'm just not that worried about it. I'll just list some for lazies because you you always get a few lazies. Like today, um, I listed um, about 5 plus 5, 10 plus 5 UK. Um, all for really good profit. And I, when it when it expired, I sold four or five cards that might have made me an extra 15, 15K, which I wouldn't have got if I'd have just listed at, um, you know, a little bit of profit. So I think it's always worth spreading it. List a few for lazies. List some for what you think it's what you're, you're happy with profit um, and do that. But don't panic. Like, if you're buying fodder, and you've had it three days, we've not got anything, and it's not gone up, don't just take a loss on it, or don't just take sort of 500 coins a card on it. Just just wait. Um, you might have to wait a week, you might have to wait two, but don't, and also don't invest more than you want to, to hold as well. You know, I'm not bothered if I've got 500k, 600k sat there in fodder, because I know at some point it'll it'll pay off and it has done today I've, I've made decent coins today from fodder that i've had for you know some of our two weeks like i said yeah it's good to see it finally moving and the work is finally paying off um oh and before we move on um i've just realized what the best value sbc was for season one the base hero sbc did i, I don't know if i told you i packed yaya tori did i tell you <laughs> I don't know if I did I don't know if I told anybody to be honest I packed Yaya from the base Hero SBC you know Yaya Torre the one from Ireland yeah well <laughs> funny story there um, I opened the pack good links with Keen, and I was like oh Keen, fucking decent and then I saw CDM and I was like my little brain <laughs> couldn't fucking compute it it's so like, easy to do Irish CDM and then I was like Oh man, and I was like, no way, because not in a million years were I expecting to pack Yaya. Yeah, you're um, not supposed to do that. I'm absolutely over the moon. He's a, one of the cards that of this year that I wanted in me in my team, and now I'm absolutely over the moon because I got him. Imagine, from the best imagine, value SBC of season one. Imagine living in the world where a world class trader gets one of the best cards in pack luck as well. It's, it's downright dirty. Don't ever slag off EA again. Oh, whatever. Um, 
I'm not a world-class trader, by the way. But if I was, they deserve Yaya's too. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we well, that kind of gives me, brings me to another point. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. My brain's kind of scattered right now, so I'm going to bounce all over the place today more than likely. So apologies in advance. But talking about world-class traders, I saw Nick run the foot market got hacked for the third year in a row. But you were saying before we started, Paul, that he got hacked, got his coins back, and now he got hacked again? I think so, yeah. Um, I saw on Twitter today another guy who I think is a pro player um, got hacked, 24 mil taken, I think, or 30 mil taken. Um, he got his coins back because they could see him being hacked, and they fucking hacked him again. Um but yeah, apparently it's coming through PSN and I'm not quite sure how it's been done. Um, but the person's obviously getting some details, going to PSN and getting into accounts. So I know for Nick, he's a, he's fucked at the minute. He can't really do anything with content. He can't trade because he's sharing his account, basically, with yeah. a hacker. Um, Something. He's, you know, so there's there's nothing he can do. So he's a bit... He's a bit screwed. Yeah, and it's something to do with PlayStation, obviously, because that seems like the only platform that it's it's happening with. And a little story, and I kind of told you guys about it. I had issues trying to log into my account the other day, and I was getting some really strange errors. And I didn't tell you guys the rest of this story, but eventually I got it sorted out through EA Help, and they were very helpful, actually, for a change. And I got a weird email, you know, one of those emails where it, you try to change your password and it sends you an email saying, did you do this? If you didn't contact us, I got one of those, which is what prompted me to get freaked out and contact EA help. And what EA help had to do was verify me through my email. So if you ever feel like, you know, you're, if you think you're talking to somebody from EA help and they ask for your password, they're not EA help. They will never ask for your password. They'll ask for your PlayStation username and what they'll do is they'll send a code to the email that you have registered on your EA account and you have to give them the code they sent you. That way they can tell you are who you say you are. So if anything, enable two-factor authentication and protect your email. Change your email password. Don't share that with anybody. Uh, be careful what websites you go to because it's pretty easy to hack like a, you know, a Hotmail or Gmail email password, and that's all they need. I was need. about to say as well, Hunter, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. you just made a really pertinent point that I want to capitalize on. If you're, I'm not judging anyone when I say this, by the way, but if your email address is on a pwned list, and hopefully you know what I'm talking about, change your, your passwords immediately, especially if it's associated to your EA account or your Xbox or PlayStation, that kind of thing, because you are primed to be screwed. Can you elaborate on what a pwned list is? Because I don't know what that is. So, oh, okay. So for those who don't know, there's a website called haveibeenpwned.com, which Sounds basically, like it, it can be, but I'll, I'll elaborate. So if your email address has been associated with a data breach of something like LinkedIn, for example, or uh, I know British Airways got hacked a, a few years ago, Basically, there's, there's been lots of websites over the years that you would think would be secure but haven't been. People's um, email addresses have been consumed into databases used by crooks to like, try and breach people's accounts on various sites. So it, they'll have your email address and 
password is associated with that email address on various websites. So if you use the same password for FIFA purposes for Xbox, PlayStation, change that shit immediately. Either change the email address if it allows you to do that or update your email password, update your origin account password, your PlayStation password, your Xbox password, that kind of thing. I'll send the link to Hunter to put in the show notes for haveibeenpwned.com and you can see which websites you associate your email address with that have been data breached and you'll have an idea of how vulnerable you are based off that. But this is the kind of thing they're probably using, uh, getting black market um, databases of hacked email addresses and associated passwords, and then they just brute force them on uh, EA accounts, that kind of thing. This is the sort of thing I have to deal with for a living, unfortunately, and it's, mm. it's rampant. So nobody is safe. Don't think, oh, it won't happen to me. It does. It happens to everybody. Because it's not your fault that these websites that you're associated to have been hacked. Some of them have a very good reputations and they're still fucked up. So like I say, LinkedIn was probably the biggest one. And most people of a working age are on there in some form or another. So we've all been uh, pwned to a degree at some point. So don't shy away from checking that out and securing your shit, basically. It's your responsibility at this point. Have I been poked.com? Have I been pwned? Opened. I've just had a look and I have been pwned for data breaches. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting when you think, oh, I, I do things by the book, I'm secure, but you you will be surprised. And it goes back years and years and years. Probably those dodgy porn sites, isn't it, maybe? That that, that other people watch. Yeah, it could be that. It could be like a, a dating site, a banking site. LinkedIn, well, there's been loads of major uh, database breaches over the years, so no one's entirely safe. There you go, Hunter, if you want to check it out. You can search your phone number on there as well, can't you? Yeah, I've been, I've been pwned as well, nine times. We've all been pwned, to a point. So if you're using the same email address and the same passwords as you did when those database breaches took place, you're vulnerable, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a matter yeah. of time, not if. This is more important as far as, I mean, yeah, we're, we're here to talk about FIFA, but seriously, though, password for your banks, everything else, don't use the same password for everything, especially your important shit, like your foot account. And, and we all do, because it's, it's hard to remember a different password for every site, right? So no one's saying you're doing things bad, but yeah, it's a basic security protocol to have different passwords, but realistically, you're not going to do that. So it's more the point, if you know that you're email address has been added to have I been pwned you're in trouble and that's your opportunity to do something about it yeah I've I've been involved in 17 17 eh I'll just reel some off you're the winner yeah man I'll reel some off Gravatar don't even know what that is Last FM LinkedIn Netella Paddy Power Tumblr don't remember even being on Tumblr Zynga loads of things Grinder. Grinder's not on there. They haven't got me yet. <laughs> but they will find me and they will uh, give me a good fucking, as you would say, Paul. Mm. Yeah. Good poning. Yeah. So all that to say that uh, when I saw that email, I contacted EA Help and it appears that I was in the midst of a hack. Somebody was trying to get into my account and I got lucky and sorted it out with EA. I reset my passwords on PSN, reset my EA password. Just it's not a bad practice to to keep those things fresh and rotating update them um but uh yeah it sucks getting hacked got hacked three years ago in fifa 20 lost seven million coins and it took like six or seven weeks to get them back 
really takes the enjoyment out of the game. But back to foot. Let's talk about the next thing, and that was the best promo of season one. I'll start. I guess my favorite promo was, and it wasn't a new promo, and I don't like the name of the promo, but Rule Breakers. I thought Rule Breakers had some very fun cards, very usable cards, and mostly affordable cards, especially now. They're super affordable and still viable. Paul, what was your favorite promo of season one? I think it was out of position um, just because, and I think they could have done better with some of the cards, but there were some really good cards in there. Perisic, Fafana, that Cancelo, that Cancelo's still really expensive. I think he's still about 500k, but value-wise now as well, well, everything on this market's like so cheap, isn't it? But you look at Perisic, I think he's about 75k. Fafana's about 55k. You can build such a competitive team now for about 500k, like really competitive, um, where you probably won't know the difference between a 500k team and a 2.5 mil team. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's um, that, that was frightening, Hunter. Really frightening. But yeah, um, good value out of position. I really like the concept. I hope they bring it again next year. Um, I do like those, you know, um, like Shapeshifter, that were a favourite. And people complained about some of the cards, but I felt like we had a we had a decent balance, you know. Salah at Striker were lazy, um, but some of the others were great. Like I say, Perisic, right back, Cam, right wing. Um, and he can play in all those positions as well, which is great. How about you, Matt? And don't talk about mm. Perisic. I won't, other than to say I already think he, he he's dipping out. I think he's already becoming below the power curve. I think it's not quite a good enough card to be a mainstay, which is a bit of a shame. But the dip in his price probably reflects that because he came out at about 100k, which is what I bought him for, went up to like 160 odd, and is like now 70, 75k. So he's already been sort of overtaken, which is a shame. Uh, Ivan Perisic, we barely knew the. But, Never mind. So, uh, just to reiterate what Paul said, I think out of position is probably my favourite one. I wanted to really like Road to the Knockout just because I find them aesthetically very appealing. I love all those colourful cars. I know it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but I just like having a variety of nice-looking cars in my team, particularly the... um, Europa and Conference League ones, the, the orange and green ones, I think they look great. But um, I think road to, uh, sorry, um, out of position succeeded. I think where Rule Breakers is a little bit boring for me personally. Wasn't too much in there that I got excited about knowing that you're not going to get any of the, the mega elite ones unless you're like super hardcore, which uh, isn't me at the moment in terms of the trading. I do okay, but I'm not going to buy many million plus cards. So there was more for me in out of position. Uh, I still stand by Isaac Traore being the best impact player I've used in this game. Bringing him on at about 60 minutes when fullbacks start getting tired and playing him out wide, he's unstoppable. Like You cannot deal with him. He's too powerful, too quick with lengthy, unbelievable sub-player. I don't think I've got the confidence to start him because he's just a little bit funky. But that's the kind of thing that I want from a promo like that. Stuff that's going to create game-changing players that you wouldn't normally have. So in that sense, that promotion succeeded extremely well. And I think I'll be using that car for a very long time. 
these uh the subs thing is huge still i mean uh, if you're not making subs at 60 70th minute in competitive gameplay like rivals and and weekend league and if you're conceding goals late or equalizing and going to extra time because you didn't make subs i mean you're not doing yourself any favors so cards are cheap enough now where you can buy decent players to have on your bench and the bronze benching it never worked in my opinion so to me you're just doing yourself a disservice it doesn't help you with matchmaking there's nothing there's nothing to prove that it does um do yourself a favor and get some good subs in there and and bring them in especially if you're you know you got a two goal lead 70th minute champs Bring on some defenders, man. Bring some help in the midfield because the reactions go way down and they move way slower as they get tired. And we're just not at that point in the game yet where players have stamina for days. They just don't. Not very many do. So it's important. Um, Important to also note that we're out of position. EA did say that that's going to be an ongoing thing now. So we're going to get more potentially out of position players throughout the year. So it's a kind of ongoing promo. Um, So... I thought initially it was disappointing. I think we only got one team from that promo ran two weeks with the same team, but we will get more throughout the season. So that's cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. Well, I think we've spent enough time talking about season one. Let's talk about the present world cup mode is now in. And I really don't think many people give a shit about world cup mode per se, rather than the world cup content, which we did get in abundance. We have a hell of a lot going on in swaps and if anybody still doesn't understand how swaps work, because a lot of people were DMing me and, and talking about it in the Discord, they, they said they were overwhelmed with it. It looked like too much. But really, it's not that much. It's just, you know, EA typically, like they do, they're, they're horrible at communicating changes and new things and how things work. Basically, all you need to do is go in and complete the scoring a goal with said nation in any game mode, which you can do up to 16 Per game, So you can knock all of those out in two games. And every time you knock out a nation, you get a six player pack from that nation that you can then use in swaps to get your tokens, which you can then use to get your rewards or whatever you want. So it sounds like a lot, but it's not. And the swaps games are golden goal rules. So you go in the first to score wins. The game is over. It's it's pretty simple. I mean, I've been flying through them. Struggle a little bit with Qatar because, well, the Qatar players are not that good. And that's another thing I kind of want to talk about because that to me is the, the biggest flaw in this new system or this new promo is that you're not necessarily guaranteed a Qatar player in these packs. And if you don't get one, you can't complete that one until you finally get one to score with. And there's no other Qatar players that you can buy in the game. They just don't exist. The only ones are these untradeable cards that you can't buy, sell, or put into an SBC. So a lot of people have been basically waiting till they get one to complete that particular swap. I don't know if this is a, well, I mean, I think I do know, but I don't want to be entirely cynical here, Matt. Is this an effort at EA driving people to the motherfucking store to buy these player pick packs? They want you to spend money on packs for temporary players that are going to go away in four or five weeks yeah i think that's a bingo isn't it yeah no it's it's a little bit shady or it could just be a massive oversight but i think we know which way we're leaning towards to on that or it for to be slightly less cynical about it they'll just resolve it with an sbc it'll be a cool qatari player that people can pick up 
that will really shift the market then because I think a lot of people fall into this trap where we didn't select um, the group that Qatar are in for our sort of player pack at the beginning of the promo. So we're all kind of struggling in that respect now. That was definitely the move. It would have been the move if you'd thought more clearly about it, whereas I just picked Argentina and was a bit too quick off the mark on that one without considering what I was doing. So yeah, they're either going to resolve it with a requirement to go to the store or there'll be an SBC by the time the World Cup starts, I imagine, or very shortly thereafter. Uh, I imagine Qatar are probably the opening match without looking at it in detail. Uh, That's usually the case with the host country. So if they do an SBC to coincide with the kickoff, that'll fly. Market will be buzzing because loads of people will need it to complete that challenge. And away we go. Um, But yeah, I I imagine it is a little bit uh, the devilment in EA of gotten the better of themselves there and, and left us in a little bit of a tight spot considering the content isn't there in the game right now. Yeah. And all that to say though, that, you know, even if you didn't complete that one Qatar swap, there's still 50 total swaps that are going to be available. And I think the max prize is Vieira at 40. So you don't necessarily need it to get Vieira, but you could also use it for something else in addition to Vieira. So you know, be on the lookout for these swaps. We'll try to do our best to keep it updated. I added a channel to the Discord. But, Paul, you wanted to comment? Yeah, it was a little bit crafty because if you remember on Friday, um, they dropped um, these packs before 6 o'clock. So you had to choose, you could choose your nation. I think it was like half four, five o'clock. So we all just went in and chose France or England or whoever. Then an hour and a half later, the dropped swaps where you needed the Qatari player, where if they would dropped all these at the same time, um, there's a chance that a lot more people had have chose Qatar because they'd have realised that they needed one of those, but they didn't. And I wondered, I were a bit like, why have they dropped this um, an hour before? And I'm not saying that were done on purpose. It was just weird that we got those packs an hour before mm-hmm. the, the the content were dropped before you could make an informed decision about what you wanted to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I were really lucky. I got a Qatari player in a pick. Um, so that were, that were nice. So um, if I've got time and you need that goal, hit me up and I will um, try and help some people out with it. Yeah. Might be me. Yeah, the the easiest way to get them all done I've found is to go into squad battles, put it on beginner because they won't press you. Just go in, score a goal with each person, make your subs, score a goal with each of those, and then just put the controller down. Go on about yeah. your day. I, or play a friendly against one of your friends in mystery ball because all those shit players, goalkeepers, everybody are all amazing with speed boost, dribbling boosts with a friend. Score your 15 goals, quit, get your friend to quit, return the favour, takes yeah. you about 15 minutes to do them all, both of you. Yep. That's a great tip. And then you're set. Yep. Um, it was great. You should have seen me doing um, roulettes and elasticos with Kula Bailey. Mm. <laughs> Phenomenal. thought you were going to say nice. Yaya Toure. <laughs> Another Irish player. Another Irish player, yeah. Let's talk about these World Cup stars, though, because we got Path to Glory players, which are the cards that are in packs. Those cards are dynamic. 
They can get upgrades. I think uh, you get plus one for qualifying out of the groups. You get a plus one for winning in the round of 16. You get a five-star weak foot for winning quarter. And then you get... Skills for the semi. Yeah. Then in the final, if you win it, you get a inform boost and three new traits. Which is pretty big. Yeah. But only one nation is going to get those, so... That's that's yeah. the tricky part. And there's a lot of trading that's going to be happening around these cards. So I expect these cards to be extremely, extremely volatile going through the World Cup. And to me, I love that because these cards are the ones that really get you hooked in. They get you engaged. You're going to be watching games you don't even give a shit about that you normally wouldn't give a shit about because of the implications in foot. And to me, this is when foot is at its best. This is how they tap into their user base and you get enjoyment out of real life football and it connects everything. I 100% agree with what you're saying about um, foot promotions relating to stuff that's going on in real life. I've said it many times. That's when the the promotions are most relevant and the most fun, the most rewarding, uh, give you the most satisfaction when something goes your way, creates drama when it doesn't. So uh, you're on the edge of your seat in every game you've got a player involved in, makes everything more exciting. Um, It's better for that kind of thing than betting on football, which is they like to say uh, that there's more skin in the game and you've got money on it and whatever. And that adds to the excitement. Yes, that's true. I'd rather have a juicy foot card though, uh, and and be back in that. That's a, a better form of gambling in my opinion. And I, I don't know if you guys have picked any of these up yet. I managed to pack an Arcadius Millic, which initially I thought, Oh, that's bad. But then I actually had a look at him and his upgrade is, is already really tasty and he's lengthy as well so there's some uh, some value in that one uh, and I would fancy Poland to do semi well at least so I should get um, a further upgrade on that so you know I'm into it I'm going to be back in Poland now and I had no interest in back in Poland before so I'm all for it this stuff gets my juices flowing it's it's excellent yeah and we also got the World Cup stars that I mentioned a second ago and these cards are not in packs. You can't buy them from what I understand, but they're the ones that are in the actual swaps. So if you do get these cards, I don't believe that they're going to get upgrades. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, that's right. These are just the ones that you get from swaps. And, you know, there's a good mix in there. There's some crap ones that, you know, you're only going to get if it's somebody who's uh, from a nation that you support, which are for three tokens, I think. Then you've got some, you know, some nice cards for being yours, one of them. Um, there's, there's some nice ones, but I don't think I'm going to be going for for any of those cards, to be honest. I think I'm going to take the fodder um, from the 84 times 20 times 3. Because um, then you get to decide where you put your, where you put that then. You know, you've got the fodder in the club then and you can put it into Keen or, or whoever you want. But I like the concept. Like we were just talking about these live cards there. I'm really excited for some showdowns. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, hopefully they give us some really nice showdowns for for the World Cup. Um, that would be brilliant. Because there's nothing like doing those SBCs. And generally, from from those showdowns, the cards have been pretty good historically. Um, Very you know, cool. With or without boosts. So much fun. Yep. Um, and they do, they, they bring some fun cards, so hopefully we'll get lots of showdowns. Um, it's an exciting time for four, I think. Um, 
you know, these cards that we've got um, over this weekend, there's some really, really good looking cards there. And some of them are going to be phenomenal, even if they just get sort of a five star week foot. Bernardo with a five star week foot will be. It'll be amazing. Grealish with a five-star week foot will be really good. Um, they've got quite low tonight. They, they were they dropped a bit yesterday and they've dropped again tonight with this base icon. I've not looked to see if they've rebounded to, rebounded at all, but I think there might be an opportunity to buy some more uh, this week. I think Grealish will have a lot of hype just because he's English um, when we start getting nearer to the games. But a word of warning, if you have these cards and you're not keeping them for the long haul and you're trying to trade with them, do not hold them anywhere near the game. If you hold them into the game and take that gamble, you can lose ridiculous amounts of coins um, on live cards. Ridiculous amounts. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll drop by 60 70% some, you know, it's, it's crazy. So play it safe. Get your profits, get it, and, and get out of them. But yeah, don't hold them too close to the games or into the games even. And if you do hold them into the games, whether that be intentionally or accidentally, if said country goes up and scores a goal and they were the underdog and the card rips and goes astronomically higher, don't be greedy. Sell it. You can always buy it back cheaper. Guaranteed. So what about these dynamic duos that we're going to be getting. I saw we got two today, Matt. We got Vlasic and Sosa from Bundesliga and Syria, both Croatian players. Have you had a chance to look at these? I'm just looking at them just, just now. And initially I wasn't very excited about Croatian players. But I, then again, if you do have Perisic, as we mentioned earlier, then this might be a good option to add a little bit more chemistry to your team. And they're, they're very cheap, so you're not sacrificing too much to get hold of these, even if you only use them for a few weeks. Um, Vlasic is an interesting one because he's five-star weak foot um, and has some good positional flexibility. Starts off at left mid, can go cam or left wing. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting proposition, and I don't mind taking a punt on these, given that they're like sub-30k or whatever. They're, they're so cheap, and it's just nice to, to have some extra flexibility in terms of nationalities to get into your squads and you might not need it today but they could be useful at some point during the world cup so just keep that in mind you want to have as many decent cheap players in as many nations as possible just to try and prepare for any curveballs that you might throw at us so if they're particularly in leagues that you're interested in it's probably worth doing regardless of their nationality at this point yeah it's a good shout can i can i just shout out um the Canadian striker that's in objectives. Um, Aaron. Yes. I've not used him myself, but I've heard the people who have used him um, say he's so, so good. And he's not that difficult to get. Um, and I don't do objectives really, um, apart from sort of swaps. And I'm going to go out of my way to get that one just, just because of the reviews I've seen from one or two people. Um, I wouldn't do objectives either you know, with your pick, look. <laughs> Did I tell you I packed Yaya Torre last week from the base hero SPC? Son of a bitch. And Zambrotta and Papin in the same pack from Rewards the week before. I hope you get diarrhea. I don't know if I've brought it up on the podcast before, but um yeah, pack looks not been too bad. 
not being too bad. If you need a, Can- a Canadian striker from the Belgian league, he's your man. It's funny you mentioned Packweight because I saw a tweet and instantly felt compelled to respond to it. And it was from a pretty prominent trader in the community. And I know, I think we all have different opinions on this matter. We had a chat about it, but the tweet was basically that the pack weight for these new heroes was too high. He said it would ruin the game, et cetera, et cetera, if they didn't do something about it. I, I don't see that as a bad thing because we've said for years that players need to become more accessible to the community. And the only way to do that is to put more of them in packs. Paul, what say you? I think when it comes to these heroes, it's you were comparing them to the the base heroes. It's it's hard to compare them to those because those cards have been in packs for for months. These World Cup heroes are in packs for a week, so the need to supply them or in three weeks' time, there's not going to be any of them there. Um, I do agree that the pack weight is ridiculous. They do seem really, really easy to pack. And, you know, for me, the last thing I want is everybody to have Lucio, Forlan and Torre. Um, We don't need millions of those in the game. We don't need every other game for people to be having those. People have already gone because they got the... um, the Ultimate Edition, um, and got the free ones. I don't feel like it's good for the game for everybody to have insane cards. And that might sound stupid or, or, or selfish, and it's not selfish. Like, I do like that I can trade and get better cards than the average player. But if everybody's got good cards, there's no good cards. We're, we're in a place where... There's no advantage to be had from grinding for better players. So if there's no grind in the game to get better players, the game's the game's dead. Um, but the supply was absolutely insane. Like you were seeing people opening packs, saved packs, thirty packs, and they'd pack three of them. I yeah. didn't pack any from the packs I saved, but from what I've seen, that they're everywhere. I don't think that the pack weight necessarily was too high i mean you had a five percent chance i believe in a hundred k pack to get one of these i mean to me that doesn't sound ridiculously high and if you look at the prices now in hindsight what they've been in packs what three four days you only have one two three four players that are under 100k and you still have four or five players that are over 750k so just think about the mass amount of packs that were opened i think if anything, it wasn't the pack weight. It was the amount of packs that were open because of all the safe packs. Then you had the pre-orders. So people were getting those, not necessarily trading them, but still that just was one less hero they needed to buy. Right. And then you have the, the added fact that we've gotten what five or 700 K packs from the store that people can be buying. I mean, that is a lot of supply to me. I think it's a supply issue, not necessarily a pack weight issue. What do you think, Matt? I'm a little bit torn on this because I have to try and, and look at this some perspectives other than my own because if I went just off the way I feel about it or what suits me, I would look at it totally the same as Paul. Um, to, to paraphrase what you just said, if 
everyone has better cards, nobody has better cards. That's a good point. Uh, I think I think the thrill of Ultimate Team is at some point you want to feel like your team can dominate somebody because your players are, are better than theirs. If we all played on a level playing field, we might as well just play regular FIFA, not Ultimate Team, and we could pick a team that is going to give us the best chance of winning and, and generally be on the same the same foot, right? So there are people who play this game who either aren't experienced or they just don't have the time to put in, to trade, to squad build, and they don't want to get annihilated every time they play. They want to have access to some good cards that they might otherwise not have. So if EA have answered that call and they want everyone to feel the benefit and have a stronger team, then people are getting that wish now, potentially either through supply or through weight, whichever one it happens to be. The downside for everybody of that is what I just said about if loads of people have, or everyone has really good cards, no one does. And if everyone has these cards, they will be worthless when the next promo comes around and you have nothing to sell to get them. So we'll give you all the content you want. Everyone will have a fairer crack at better players but then the upgrade cycle next time around will be harder because these cars will go down in value super fast because there's just so many of them. So it's a double-edged sword. We'll give you what you want today, but it'll be harder to get what you want tomorrow. Yeah, makes sense. That's a good way to look at it. And I'll just add as well, like, for me, when this person talks about the market and stuff, I listen because he's one of the best there is out there. Do you know what I mean? He's like... Name him if you want. I don't have anything against him. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying you do. I just, he's, when he talks about supply and the economics of the market, I listen because he's, 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 who are we on about? Because I don't know. Um, Jake, foot trading. Um, Okay. And like I say, he's one of the best to do it. And I think it was one of those where, and I'm probably sure he did think about this, um, but these packs are in, uh, these cards are in packs for a week so they do need some supply but um they'll they send the power curve the way that they want to send the power curve don't they? it's it's shot up i think in last week um and maybe it'll just hover a little bit as we go through the the world cup um or it'll rise what it with the with the live cards but we'll we'll see where it goes yeah, I think power curve, what you're saying there, pause and pause and take consideration here, because we have been playing the game for like two to three months now. And generally, up until this point, you could probably get away largely with a team that you had in the first couple of weeks and still be relatively competitive. I think that's going to be over now. We're taking this little mini break to indulge in World Cup. By the time we get back, it's nearly going to be team of the year. Things are, are shifting now. EA want you to leave behind everything that you had up until this point and want new stuff. So that's where we're at. The the power curve will lift the need to urgently improve your team. So they want everything you had before dead. Here's a little taste of what's coming, but you're going to need more than that. And that's where we are right now. You, you've got one card for free to build your next big squad, essentially with these World Cup Marvel freebies that they've given us. So it's one stepping stone to get into the team you're going to need for after Christmas, New Year time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, you know, there, there's a lot of hype around the promo. And I thought there was going to be massive levels of disappointment with cards that people thought they were going to pack and didn't, but it turns out the pack weight was good. I mean, it was decent. I don't think it was too much, but it was good because the community reacted positively to it. You know, I saw very few people 
complaining about lack of things, lack of cards, lack of content, which I was pleasantly surprised about. So that's a good thing, in my opinion, for the, the community as a whole, because most of the people that play this game, we say it all the time, they don't even know that there's foot podcasts out there. They don't, they're not hardcore players or, you know, they don't live, breathe, sleep and eat foot like we do. So this is a big win for them, especially. Let's move on. We got some questions we need to cover. And the first one is from my friend, Pompel. And this is going to be interesting. Pompel wants to know, who is the sweatiest motherfucker of the footballer's hosts and why? Please discuss. I don't know who gets to determine who's sweatiest. You're the host. I think we count down from three to one and we all say a name, right? Okay. On one, I'll count. On one, we all say a name. Okay. Three, two, Matt. Matt. Hunter. (laughs) Two to one. (laughs) Why am I sweatiest? What the fuck? You have your own meta. I just feel like the Matt meta is... No, that's the point. It's not meta. Right. Okay. Depends what you mean by sweatiest, because if it's like... It's your meta. You're building squads purely to win. That ain't me. I, I do it the opposite way around. If anything, I make life more difficult for myself. But if it's sweaty as in super try hard because I have to play really hard with these weird teams I make, then okay, that does probably make me the sweatiest. Yes, and I, I love the emoji on the screen. Thank you. You're welcome. That was great. Yeah, uh, I think Matt plays the sweatiest with the most, with the least sweaty team. That's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah. I'm a try yeah. hard because I have to. But I'm not going to verna you, if that makes sense. Oh, it will definitely ping it about at the back for a bit if it's been a tight game. You need to hold the weight. Need to hold. If, I, if I'm winning by the 70th minute, the ball's staying in my off. So yeah, if that makes me sweaty, then I'll, oh, I'll take yeah. it. Oh man, I will concede though. I am always trying to have the upper hand when it comes to actual squad building. I will always do my best to make sure that I have the best team I can. I want to have the better team on the pitch, essentially. And if that makes me sweaty, then so be it. But the fact remains, if you combined all of our sweaty tactics and things that we do to win, none of it would add up to the levels of Pompel sweat. I think we can all agree. <laughs> we can all, yeah, yeah, we can all agree with that. Yeah. Love you, Pompel. But you're a sweaty motherfucker. This kind of leads me into another question from Fachano. And this is a really interesting question. He says, so general question with that inception video, which I'm not sure if everybody saw it. I'm sure a lot of people did, but there was a video that went around with inception ranting about things wrong with the game, with his antics and his whiny voice. (laughs) Where are we actually at in terms of the community? You play more defensive and it's ratty. Play a pressing game and it's ratty. You play possession, it's ratty. Use a meta team and it's a meta abuse. He says, like, all of this seems like it's people trying to justify why they're losing games. He says, I play high depth and pr- press after possession loss, and I know that against drop back counter, I'm suspect because of that, but it's part of the style, contrast, and football more generally. And, and I kind of agree with it. Like, where do you draw the line? If you sit back and absorb and counter, you're a rat. If you use constant pressure, you're a rat. I saw Krazi on Twitter or something had a, like a little snippet video calling a guy toxic because he did the gritty celebration. Like is every celebration toxic now? 
I mean, fuck, they had to remove the shush and the dab because people got their fucking feelings hurt. Okay, guys, you see the opponents I'm facing every weekend, every game, using toxic celebration after toxic celebration, and then he pressed the pause button so I can leave the game, guys. Like, are we that sensitive in this community? I mean, I know we aren't, but mm. how soft is this generation or this community of FIFA players to say that, oh, he did the gritty on me, he's toxic. And then he turns around, scores a goal, and pauses for him. Krause does. So you're not helping things. And, and he's, a, he's an influencer. You know what I mean? He can make change in the community, but yet he feeds into the same narrative. I don't know, Matt. Where do you draw the line with this? There's so much to unpack and everything you just said there. Um, Sorry. Firstly, no, no, it's good. It's, great, it's a great point. It gives us stuff to talk about. It's interesting. Um, firstly, I would say there is no community in FIFA. Community is the most overused and inappropriately used term in the world in the last couple of years because there is no community in FIFA. It's just a bunch of people who play the same game, but it ain't no community. That's why we can never agree on anything. So that's first of all, yeah, people who are, are losing to a certain kind of behavior automatically associate that as, as negative and come up with all this bullshit toxicity. It's just get good. End of story. Um, influences like Inception, they talk a good game. That guy needs to walk away from this game because he's part of the problem. He's been moaning for years about how shit this game is, but if no one steps away from it when they're truly unhappy, even on a fairly temporary basis, like a few months, you're just giving EA everything they want and, and need to justify carrying on the way they are. This is a person who has enough sway and influence to at least get a few people to join him if he quits, but he never will. Yeah. You would just rather bitch about it. And he will appeal to a certain type of audience that like hearing people bitch about something they're not happy about, which is exactly what our friend Mr. Dory was talking about last week. These influencers, they're targeting a certain mindset. They don't always believe what they're saying, but they know it triggers people enough and gets them to watch their shit. Um, he needs to like stand up to his convictions. If he's that unhappy, he needs to walk. All these videos he does doesn't help anything. It's never going to get EA to change unless he, he and a lot of other people who feel the same way in him step away from the game and then people vote with their feet. EA might do something about it. Yeah. Helped me out tremendously last year. I mean, I basically abandoned foot for like three months because I just wasn't enjoying it. So I don't know, Paul, you got a, you got a take on this? I just think the game itself can be so frustrating um, mm. when you're trying to win and somebody, you get undone. Somebody knocks a through ball over the top, Haaland runs through, smashes it in. Or somebody's blocking every shot that you do. So people just get frustrated. And then somebody does that celebration, which people just get even more wound up about. So just play the game. Enjoy it. Like, yeah. it does bring out that fuck sometimes, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Do you know what I mean? It brings sure. that out. So It's competitive. It is. And I think that's what people get confused yeah. with rattiness. You're just angry that somebody's played the game better than you. 
award. Yeah, and to me, it's natural. Yeah. Can I just come back in a sec? Friend of the show, Matt Aguilera, whose opinion I respect because he's my best friend. He can't stand celebrations. He says it's basically a enabler for hum- humiliation. And it also just slows the whole game down. Like, okay, you've scored. I want to play. Let's carry on. Let's keep playing. Keep going, keep going, keep going. He wants to play fast. And if he falls behind, he just quits matches because he's not interested in spending 90 minutes trying to re- retrieve a lost cause sort of thing. So there's a mindset to certain people, and it doesn't mean you're right or wrong. They're just not interested in that aspect of the game. I think celebrations mean something to people who perhaps don't score very often, so they want to like bathe in it for yep. a period of time and you know when you you've been playing a game against someone you've dominated and not really doing much in the game and then they manage to nip the old goal and they over celebrate you just know they don't score very often so yeah. they're just absolutely loving this gift that they've been given and they're absolutely cherishing it and loving it and, and feeling the moment whereas if you score a lot you don't need to celebrate every goal you score because it happens all the time you, you become desensitised yep. to it so you have to respect where the other person's coming from if they choose to celebrate might be because they don't get to do it so often and you just happen to be on on the wrong end of it on that day but then there's the people who sort of like well i'm going to get back at this person i'm going to make their life hell i'm going to pause every opportunity i get i'm going to drag the game out to make them suffer that's an equally toxic and negative attitude i'm not saying you should do anything necessarily purely to ensure the other person's enjoying the game but you can't complain about what the other person's doing and then go and do the same thing or worse yourself. It doesn't make sense. And that's why there ain't no community in this game. Other than football was, of course. I was going to say. But generally, we're not in it to look out for each other. We're playing for our own sort of selfish reasons and enjoyment for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, you made a good point there with the footballers community. I want to touch on that. Uh, we are growing still. <clears throat> the Discord is continuously growing every week. So I've decided to implement a new system where we use the me six ranking system and we're going to reward engagement in the community. So the more you engage, the better your chances are at getting entered into a giveaway for FIFA points every month. And you know, you're, you're stoking engagement in the community, helping us just have conversations and help each other. People can come in and even if they don't communicate, just read, see what people are saying. Maybe they'll learn a thing or two and it'll help improve their, their side of the game. So if you're not involved or in the community already, join the link. It's in the show notes. It's completely free. Do that. Come in, say hello, share your team, ask questions, give answers, whatever, you know. Um, but I want to touch on one last thing with, with this same question. With that Inception video, he makes a point in his video, and I watched as much of it as I could stomach, but it was a 45-minute video or something. It was ridiculously long. He makes a point at one time and says that people play this game to win instead of playing the game to play the game. And it leads to a toxic environment, but he's, he's beating that same and that narrative at the same time, because he's mad admitting he just came off of a loss and he's doing this video. So he's saying people only play to win and he's mad that he lost talking about people getting mad for not winning. Like you're arguing against yourself. Like he sounded so crybabyish. And just particularly annoying. I can't stand the guy anymore. I used to like his stuff, really used to like his content because he was very good at what he did. But somewhere along the line, he lost his way. Hopefully he can find his way back or just leave it because I'm tired of seeing it. Well, can I just comment on the celebrations as well? Like whenever no. people do those celebrate, 
whenever people do those celebrations on me, I just think they want a reaction out of me. Yeah. Like they're doing that to annoy me. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction to annoy me because some pixels on a screen are dancing. Yeah. I'll just reset and go back to it. Like, don't let it upset you. Don't let the fucking game upset you. Yep. Full do stop. Do you two do celebrations out of interest? Now and again. No, I trained myself years ago. I just, as soon as I score L1, R1, let's go. Yeah, that's 99% of the time for me. Although every now and then I will do, if I feel like I, I needed to get a bit cheeky with somebody, I'll do the 360 spin on the right stick and just do the whole windmill with your arm celebration and then run towards goal and boot the ball but back into the net because that always makes me feel good. I do sometimes celebrate if I'm playing somebody that is particularly, I'll say it, ratty, if you will, but the player that from the start of the game, they kick it back to the goalie, they do little kick-ups with their center backs, and they want you to press them so <laughs> that they can ping a long ball forward. And then they play possession as soon as they score a goal in like the 15th minute and just ping it around the back for the entire game. If I score on you and I go ahead, yes, you're getting celebrations. You're getting pauses. You're getting the full fucking toxic treatment from me. Mm-hmm. So this, this game's so eye for an eye. Yeah, but I like when you have a predetermined mindset that you're going to be a fucking dick before you even go into the game. To me, you deserve it. If you make people suffer, though, I get it. And if you make people suffer a little bit, it will encourage them to quit sometimes, which is to your benefit if you're winning, of course. Correct. So there is that from a purely tactical standpoint that yes. you make the, okay, you're down, so you're chasing the game, I'm going to make it not fun for you, please yep. leave my game so I can play the next one. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a staple weekend league tactic. It's been going on since time immemorial. Yeah, particularly annoying. One last question. Ash1983 says, hi guys, two questions for the pod. One, would you be in favor of an SPC slash objective card transfer market? You wouldn't be able to trade the cards for coins only for other SPC objective cards. We'll start with that one. Great idea. I like it. I think it will probably put a spanner in the works of what EA like to do when they do those sort of like timed packs where you know, like a season one look backpack or whatever yeah. that they do several times throughout the year where they release old content in a pack. It's a bit of a gamble. I think they like doing that and they're popular with players. So it's a good way for them to take coins and uh, untradeable, valuable stuff off the market. Um, so purely for that mechanism, I don't think they would do it, but I like the idea. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would almost be in favor of a system like that, that let's say there's a time decay factor, right? So, it tracks how much you put into that card at the time. And then once you complete it, it gives you your total potential value that you put into it. And as time goes on, you can get less back for it. So if I sold it, if I wanted to get my money back for it six weeks later, I would get 30% of my investment back. To me, that would be a, a decent way, but that's a lot of, seems like be a lot of activity and a lot of manpower and, and configuration on EA's end. So I don't They'd think also have happen. to put some sort of tax on it or it's not worth EA's yes. time. Yes. So you're going to end up paying, okay, you're doing a, a swap for an 87 for 87, but you're both going to have to pay 10K or something. Yeah. And that then makes it worth EA's while because that will just be hoovering coins off the market and yep. stimulating the sale of more FIFA points and, and whatnot. They're not going to give it to us for free. No chance. No, nothing's free. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Um, you know, it'd be good to be able to swap some un- like any sort of untradeable cards really swap them about if you've got a card that you use for a bit and you're a bit bored with it 
swap it with another one but like matt said the that that take away from the campaign bag species so it's a bit pie in the sky but it would be nice i do like as well that they're giving us species for a, a good length of time as well you know some of them that um you didn't think you'd want to do um when Champions League started and Europa League started but now you might want to do them with these new cards that have come out so it's good to have that option because they've put them out there for a little bit longer. Ash's second question was with this year's new chemistry system would the introduction of Icon Hero Managers allow players to be more creative with their team selection? As much as the new system has moved us away from the definitive 11 of meta players that you continually come up against in weekend league arrivals, I still feel that there is room to improve and allow a wider selection of players like Icons, Hero Managers, that could have a plus two on their respective leagues, which would be fixed, for example. I'm not sure how that would work. Um, like, would they be special managers that only provided boost to heroes and icons is that what he's asking Matt do you think I'm not 100% sure um, or would it apply to my interpretation players? is that he's looking for a combination of, of managers and cars that give them a much more pronounced boost to make them more relevant I think mm. um, I wouldn't disagree with that um, I think the one thing that this experiment with chemistry this year has proven is that people, uh, despite having the easiest job ever of making weird and wonderful squads, still aren't willing to do it. We're still very much wanting to achieve perfect chemistry and play with the cards that we've always liked. You know, I don't see anyone dipping into weird leagues uh, in this year's game. Even weird heroes rarely pop up. Like that Saeed Al Almoran hero, I've never played against it. Like, ever people just aren't interested in it because it doesn't go with the teams that they're making whereas it's actually a, a truly fantastic card um that's just an example that there would be others as well so getting people out of their comfort zone they still need a lot more convincing um yeah so what ash is suggesting might be the way to do it if you get more pronounced boost to make it worth your while to go for those players but generally, EA know what sells, what people want, what the demand is, and if the demand is still all around the top five leagues or whatever, then that's where most of the content's going to go, right? And, and the whole chemistry system's there to um, give people what they want in, in, in those areas. So I don't see that changing, but it's, it's a novel idea if I'm understanding this question correctly. Have you guys been bothered about full chem this year um, in your teams? In the beginning, no, but the more I've realised that I'm not dipping into weird leagues and I've wanted to have full chemistry, yes. I don't think I've played a weekend league this weekend with more than 28. Um, That's mostly there, though, so you've got most of your players on max cam. Yeah, I have played weekends with 23, 22, and I... I haven't really noticed any different. I'm getting the same results. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's not. Making and we are going to get to a point in the non too distant future where all the the cars are sufficiently boosted where we don't need chemistry boosts. So people will just play anything. They all have their best eleven players on the field, and that's when we're going to see the real meta of this game. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't care about chemistry, but the cards that I've packed and the SBCs that I've done, it's mostly been Premier League or French. 
and I have an icon that I throw in there. So I haven't really faced many challenges with chemistry. I did place a Soko rule breakers on two chemistry and had one of my best weekend leagues I've had. So I don't know. I haven't really played a whole round with off chem in a competitive mindset, but in friendlies, I don't play chemistry at all. It doesn't factor in and I still play well. So who knows? I, I think that chemistry is overrated this year. I really don't think it's as pertinent because you don't go negative on attributes, right? If anything, you just stay at the baseline. To me, the gameplay consistency plays way more of a factor than chemistry or even chem style boost. So I think a lot of that gets misconstrued sometimes where they think, oh, this game or this is the wrong chemistry style because he felt like shit. You might've just had a bad connection. Try a different one, you know, try a new game, play at least four or five, get a good sample size before you come to a conclusion. I think that's, that's the thing that I've been in my mind as well. I've been thinking like the, the consistency of the gameplay is all over. So what difference is it going to make if my career has got one diamond or three? Do you know what I mean? It's not. Um, and I do try and get cards that I feel need to be on three on three so that they can be lengthy or, or whatever. That's where I, I do try and sort of figure it out so that cards in that need it um, to be lengthy or whatever have have it, but it's it's not bothered me. Yeah, I think all, the example really. you, you're talking about there, Paul, is you if you play a player out of position so they don't contribute to chemistry, you can't then make them lengthy if they're not lengthy by default, sort of thing, rather than changing their stats up. So that's important. I think most people are still adhering to that. You don't see many players getting started out of position because they want those uh, abilities to dictate the overall chemistry style rather than the chemistry boost, right? So with lengthy being super popular that's ensure that people aren't playing players in silly positions this year whereas they would have had the option to otherwise yeah makes sense that's all the questions we have we've we've gone longer than expected again it's been a common theme lately but there's just so much to talk about and uh, i think we're all three really enjoying the game and judging from the the interactions in the community i think everybody in the footballers community is as well so i think all is good for the most part in the foot scene right now so Hopefully we don't get, uh, you know, a massive EA fuck up of some kind, which I kind of feel like we do for one. So stay tuned for that. Matt, where can people keep up with you? They can keep up with me on Twitter at LandoMatt1T or holler at me in Discord. Paul. Um, right foot on Twitch and Twitter and in the Discord. Right fucking foot. You've been streaming? Yeah, you'll be back one day. One day. I'm gonna keep the pressure. Well, on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. We're streaming Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I'll be Set there. Said it now. Yeah. Here we go. All right. You want to keep up with footballers? You can follow us on Twitter at Footballers Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at The Foot Hunter. It's gonna wrap us up this week. We should have more fresh FIFA World Cup content coming at you next week. See you then. Podcast Network.